it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform, so give me a like, follow, and friend request. And I most likely will give you a return. Also, like King David Comedy. That's Comedy with a K on Facebook and Twitter and most other, you know, major social media platforms. And one more final social media request, like Wrestling with Problems on Facebook. So you can join in on all the fun and see all the things I do and talk about related to wrestling when it's not Monday afternoon, roughly. Because I like it. I talk about wrestling a little bit more here and there. But mostly, I give I give my long-form thoughts here on Wrestling With Problems. I'm here to talk what else but wrestling and problems. I don't really have a lot of problems to talk about this week, at least not world problems. Of course, there is a wrestler, or I guess you could say retired wrestler, who had some problems. Uh, she's actually had a lot of problems, and we'll get into Paige's situation in just a bit. Yeah, actually, a couple of different things to talk about regarding her. We'll get to in just a bit. But before that, we'll get into a little bit of a happier news because that's going to be some sad stuff and some scary stuff in just a bit. But let me go ahead and uh, get into my review of AEW Full Gear. That's right, AEW Full Gear finally took place. Unlike WWE, AEW has its uh, pay-per-views, you know, really only like four times a year, basically. They basically put one up every season. So you actually get a nice long build up to the actual pay-per-views. They'll have a few like what, you know, semi-major events here and there. Uh, but for the most part, you're constantly building to basically a three-month story arc. And then they've even, oh, don't get me wrong, they do have angles that have lasted like a year or two, you know, leading in with long builds up. But for the most part, unlike WWE, where they basically have to give you something every month or really sometimes every three or four weeks really or you know back when it was this raw versus smackdown separate pay-per-views you literally have a pay-per-view every two or three weeks because there'd be the nxt takeovers too so it was a hellacious schedule that wwe used to have as far as major events on sundays uh, AEW has their pay-per-views on saturday nights actually i prefer that a little bit better 
because surprisingly there's much less going on in the world of sports on Saturday, just college football, but for the most part, other than Notre Dame, I don't really give a crap about college football, so <laughs> I don't have to miss anything. Sunday, I have football all day long, so that's my focus generally. Although I don't watch the way probably most of you guys who watch rest, I mean, watch football, watch it. Now that I got YouTube TV, I basically record all the games, and other than the Bears, I just watch the key plays from all the games. And then, in addition to all the Sunday games, NFL Network uploads like a three-minute version or you know two-minute version of most of the games that are in race. I watch those too. So for the most part, I record all the games that are long form, but most of them I only watch the key plays, and that's like usually 20 to 30 plays. So I can watch most of the games in <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes other than the Bears. So it works out really well. And then during the Bears, I start that like an hour in, hour and a half in, hit commercial skip between the plays. Actually, with YouTube TV, it's 15-second skip, so usually I have to skip twice, and that works great in between plays to move you almost directly to the next play. Although when teams like, you know, the Titans decide they're going to go no huddle or whatever, that screws it up because that no huddle is faster than 30 seconds, but it's longer than 15, so that's aggravating. But anyway, I guess that was today's problem for the King. Teams that run no huddle offenses in football, when I'm trying to (laughs) – hit commercial skip and skip the plays between. So that's that's my big personal problem for the week. Relatively minor, but I'm sure you don't you're done hearing me complain about the inconvenience of me trying to watch wrestling. I mean watching a football game in an hour as opposed to the three hours that it takes place in. But anyway, let's get back to AEW uh full gear. Uh full gear like most uh AEW events was I would, I would I would call it a very good show. I don't think it was great. There was some there were definitely some great things to it. Now granted, I do want to say this. I've watched the entire thing except for I've not watched the main event yet. I was going I was th- that was one of my thoughts leading into the uh my statement earlier. Like you know, I get a little bit of scatterbrain sometimes when I start going on my rants, but uh I was going to say that's one of the things I like about AEW. In addition to having less competition with football on Sunday, it also takes place on Saturday, so usually I have a much better odds of not having to rush to finish it before the show. Although I did not get a chance to watch the main event. I have not watched Kingston versus Moxley, even though I do know who won that match already. Uh, but uh, overall, I've really, I, I enjoyed it. There were some interesting things that I'll talk about during the card that I noticed, though, and I'll get to those as, as I sort of go through it. But uh I actually will take a little bit of time of going through some of the matches. Uh you start off with the uh with the uh the buy in kickoff show basically. Serena Deep defeated Allison K. Uh nice solid match. Uh I wasn't honestly I wasn't all that invested in <laughs> uh uh we started off the show with a Doug World Championship Eliminator Tournament final match. Winner receives a AEW World Championship match. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. I really did enjoy Kenny's sweeper girl, so that that is hilarious. <laughs> and I also enjoy his long-winded introductions that are ridiculous before his match. That those things are crazy. Uh, so uh, and obviously Kenny Omega is the best bout machine. So you know a Kenny Omega match is going to be good. I kind of was expecting a little bit more out of this match. The match was not bad by any match, but a Kenny Omega Hangman Page match, I expected it to be more. I just expected more out of it, and I didn't get it. So 
I'm not saying the match was in any way bad. I can't put my finger on anything on being the match bad. I just flicked it more out of it. So maybe because it was more or less the opener to show and it only got 16 minutes instead of the uh, uh, half hour that the Young Bucks got or whatever. Maybe maybe that's what sort of uh, made it lacking for me a little bit. But again, not a bad match. Just I maybe I just had high expectations for as long as this food is sort of built up, and for these two guys, I'm guessing they're going to meet each other again though. So maybe that's part of the thing too. But it was a good match. It was a good match, but not a great match in my eyes. Uh, we had Orange Cassidy defeated John Silver singles match. This match kind of felt a little bit out of place. Orange Cassidy's been in some bigger feuds. Uh, this was a little bit more almost kind of going back to comedy for him a little bit. John Silver is kind of a funny guy too, but this wasn't a quote comedic match directly in that sense. It wasn't like a beyond wrestling style match. Don't get me wrong, but there was some, there was some nice stuff. And then, like I said, orange test, he's very athletic, very talented. So this was again, not a bad match. It was good, but not great. I felt like it probably needed a little bit more story or something leading into it or something. Next we had a, uh, Singles match for AWTNT Championship. Darby Allen pulls off the pulls off a little bit of an upset, defeating Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was showboating a little bit, little bit during the match, but that really didn't directly lead into the win. So Darby won it fairly clean. Cody Rhodes did the sort of thing where he sort of passed the belt on to Darby. This was a nice quote star making turn for Darby. So overall, the match was good. Uh, they did a good job of building Darby Allen up. Of course, Taz had to come out and ruin it with Taz and Team Taz. So they did a good job of building Darby Allen up, but they also did a good job of sort of setting up the further feuds that are actually kind of ongoing feuds. Um, they almost did a thing where they tried to break his arm in a car door, but uh, willpower came out and stopped it. So, uh, so that was interesting. Overall, like I said, another another good match. Kairo Shida actually defeated Nyla Rose. So even though she's the champion, I was kind of surprised by the result to this match. I figured Nyla Rose would actually win, particularly because she simply hired a manager to make sure that she won. Vicky did interfere, you know, a few times in the match, but didn't quite do enough to get Nyla Rose to win. So I'm kind of wondering how their uh, relationship is going to be going forward when Nyla Rose specifically said she was getting a manager for that very, very reason. Uh, another solid match. Like I said, like I said, there were there, there were no bad matches on this card that I've seen. I haven't seen Maxley versus Kingston yet, but I'm gonna assume that match was also not bad. Young Bucks versus FTR. Uh, going into this match, they had the stipulation of Young Bucks lost, they would never challenge for the AEW or Championship. I figured there was pretty much no chance of that happening, especially after Cody had done the same thing and we'll never get a world title match. So I figured there's no way the Young Bucks. There's no way you're going to have a tag division. Try to make tag team wrestling important. And now the Young Bucks never had an opportunity for the tag team championship. Uh, Tully Blanche was also banned from ringside for this match. That would probably be part of what, uh, quote, cost in the match. Uh, the ridiculous ending where <laughs> you have FTR, no flips, just fists, and he does a 450 springboard splash, misses and loses the match. <laughs> That's one of the great ridiculous endings to a match. Uh, I was about halfway into this match 
and I actually started off being kind of disappointed by this match. Obviously, the Young Bucks and FTR will not have a bad match. Both these teams are good. But watching the match maybe halfway into the match, I felt like I wasn't getting the best of the Young Bucks, although they were doing a thing where they were sort of selling, you know, the injury to the knee. So you were, you were, you were going to have some limits on that match. But then also, I felt like I wasn't getting the best of FTR either. I mean, neither T did a bad job. But FTR, I've seen them put on some five-star matches at NXT. I've seen Young Bucks put on five-star or, hell, six-star matches even without even trying, it seems like. But it seems like they didn't quite jive that way here. Although it could be because, you know, they haven't faced each other as much as some of the other opponents the Young Bucks have had, so that could be into it. I think this is the match we're going to see again, and it'll probably get better as we go further and further into it. But, again, let me let – me, I didn't finish my thoughts. So let me finish my thought on this. I said about halfway into the match – I was kind of disappointed by the match. But then as the match went on, the match got better and better. And it wasn't the great, quote, back and forth technical class of style match that I thought we were going to have between these teams. Like, FDR is done with a lot of opponents from Nate when they were in NXT. Uh, but they did a great sort of history of wrestling, history of tag team wrestling matches with these. They had... Uh, Oh, yeah, and by the way, it was hilarious that uh, the Young Bucks came out in the purple and gold of the Lakers, and then the uh, FDR came out in the Celtics green, so that was also hilarious. But anyway, uh, they had salutes to, like, the Hart Foundation, salutes to Arn Anderson, you know, which technically would have been Minnesota Wrecking Crew and the Brain Busters. You had salutes to the Steiner Brothers with different movesets and choices and combo moves they did. So halfway into the match, I was like, I expect more. It's not bad, but I expect so much more of these guys. But then when they started telling that story, basically, I was like, this is something I never ever remember seeing before. Like two teams that are like supposed to be the best tag teams in the world. And then just putting on a clinic of different moves throughout wrestling history. So uh, the second half of this match really changed my mind on the match. Again, not a bad, it wasn't a bad match leading in, but I was expecting something a little bit different than what I got. But then the second half of the match, I still got something different than what I expected, but it was a very, very interesting match. Great storytelling in this match. So the storytelling in this match was excellent. Uh, next, we'll get into the uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match. Uh, the Elite Delition. I'm kind of getting burnt out on the whole cinematic sort of, you know, Sketch sort of driven matches, but you know, something about this match. I guess the fireworks won me back this time. <laughs> Seeing two grown men shoot off fireworks at each other <laughs> is freaking ridiculous, and so it sort of won me back. But I still think they need to take you know, both organizations need to take a little bit of a step back with doing all these cinematic matches. WWE in particular is doing way too many of them. You can't have one on every pay-per-view. Like once or twice a year would be great. You know, I don't need, they shouldn't be doing them that often though. I think it takes away the specialness of it. But anyway, it was a very entertaining match. And like I said, fighting in the woods, you know, you had private party and as well as, uh, you had, uh, uh, Proud and powerful, joining in for the fun. 
So overall, uh, solid match, solid storytelling. <laughs> Putting Sammy Guevara head first in the garbage can, I thought it was <laughs> insulting and <laughs> very disrespectful. It's always fun to see Senior Benjamin, you know, back as well. So I enjoyed that. And it, like I said, it provided a little bit of a different element to the show. So as much as I wanted to not see another sort of cinematic match, although I guess deletion matches aren't quite completely cinematic. They're, they're, they're sort of in the cinematic family. There was like one sort of evolution of it. They're not cinematic in the same way that, uh, you know, the Bray Wyatt stuff is, which truly sort of like a movie very sometimes very very little to do with actual wrestling at least with the uh deletion stuff there is a lot of fighting and oh uh, yeah and i did enjoy the cameos as well again grail slash david heath slash vampire warrior <laughs> it was hilarious he called him again grail and then like jr was like also known as david heath because i was like i don't think we own the rights to that name i don't think we can call them that so, so that was hilarious uh, Hurricane Helms, as well as I was—I can't remember if it was Shane Helms there or you know whatever whatever his other name is because I can't remember what his other name is because sometimes he's oh yeah Gregory sometimes he's Gregory sometimes he's Shane I can't remember if the reporter he was Gregory or Shane but anyway I thought that was hilarious too plus some of the inside jokes the mud show stuff the uh, I'm, I've been trapped for like the last two years, hell captives two years, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of funny too. Anyway, MJF with Warlow defeated Chris Jericho with Jake Hager having his back. MJ pull off, MJF pull off the upset. They went through all that trouble. And then finally when MJF was going to use the, uh, the ring <laughs> to kind of knock out Jericho, Jericho got the bat. And he thought, okay, this ring cannot compete with the bat, but then he used his brain, fell down, pulled the Eddie Guerrero move where you uh, act like your opponent is hitting you with something. And, of course, Aubrey Edwards saw the bat. I thought she was going to call for the DQ, but they just ended up doing a quick roll-up when Jericho thought he was caught red-handed for something he didn't do. So MJF won, pulled off pulled off the match and then won. So now him and Warlow are in the inner circle. So... I think that was a great way to sort of have this happen without either guy taking a bad loss. So that was sort of a perfect uh, way to let that happen. I like this again. I like the story, the way the story told and the way it ended. So uh, usually I don't like sort of cop out endings, but this is one of those places where a sort of cop out ending made complete perfect sense. Again, I have not watched John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, but I assume that match is very, very good. So I'll just move on. But overall, like I said, so far the part of the uh, pay-per-view I've watched, I have enjoyed it. Uh, and like I said, hopefully they'll keep up with some of this uh, wonderful work they're doing at AEW. Uh, again, like I said, I, I, I wouldn't call this a great pay-per-view. It seemed like the, it was missing a little something for me. Like, like I said, I can't really quite place my finger on it. It was no by no means bad. I guess it's just AEW. I set such a high bar for them that if they don't, you know, completely wow me with something new and different, I have a hard going over the top and giving them a grade. But I will get, I will give this a solid B plus on my AEW grading scale. You know, a solid B plus for probably any organ, any other organization. 
would probably be an A for them. But since I hold them to a higher standard, I'm only going to give them the B plus for it. So, but yeah, if you have a chance to check it out, definitely check it out. It was, it was definitely a good show. I was also confused by how Don Callis, the a vice president for Impact, was somehow a commentator. But I was also surprised previously when I saw him on an AEW show. I thought maybe he had been fired because sometimes we lose guys because they either get fired or they resign or you know, these guys change companies a lot. I thought, or maybe he went back to the the company he worked for in between working for Impact, but apparently, nope, he still works for Impact and he's still on the show. But you are seeing a lot more of sort of people going back and forth between like what NWA, AEW, Impact, or a little bit more. Like I said, they don't necessarily quote need to throw co branded, you know, shows or previews, but you know, allowing each other to use some of each other's talent, I think, is very beneficial for them. The only company that's probably never going to do that is WWE. But these other companies allowing it and letting it happen, I think it actually works out for everybody. Everybody benefits from working together against the uh, 800-pound gorilla that's WWE. So, but Anyway, we've talked about AEW uh, Full Gear again. A good show. I enjoyed it. If you have a chance to check it out, check it out. Let's get into some actual, you know, some of the news of the world of wrestling. So I'll go ahead and uh, do that. Uh, Paige has been in the news a couple times in the last week. Uh, Unfortunately, November 8th, she had a stalker show up to her house. Her boyfriend is Roddy Reiki. I don't know who that is, but he is listening to the story. And I do want to thank SE Scoops for this uh, Information. Oh yeah, he's apparently a singer, songwriter, rapper, musician, and record producer. So he is signed to Epitaph. Apparently, I can name a single song that he's made. Maybe is he in a group that I am not familiar with or something? Uh, apparently, he's uh, he had a band called Fallen in Reverse. So. Nope, still don't know who he is. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just move on from that. But anyway, that has nothing to do with, you know, it, it being bad that him, him and his girlfriend were being stalked, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> but as you learn, you know, like I said, sometimes, it, sometimes I learn as you learn, and sometimes I try to, you know, teach people as I go along. So but anyway, uh, uh, he tweeted some of the information on Twitter, obviously. Uh, his tweet was, a stalker had the audacity to come to my door, got his ass handed to him until the police arrived and saved the day. I will fucking, fucking kill you. Please don't make me kill you. Uh, that was Those were his words in his Twitter. Surely I try to avoid using the F word on the show, but I felt like it was necessary <laughs> to do the exact quote of the tweet. Uh, uh, Paige did retweet it with her comments to it. Scariest thing ever. He told us symbols led him to us, but Ronnie got him in a hole until he's got there. WTF is wrong with people. That's actually what she wrote, WTF, not the longer, dirtier version. Thank God Roddy's around to protect that house. Jesus. Uh, she's been in the news a couple of times. Like, obviously, a stalker is crazy, particularly somebody who's experienced physical abuse in a relationship. According to her, she's... Uh, she was engaged to Alberto Del Rio, who was in the news for a rape trial, which is a separate thing altogether. 
but uh, apparently, you know, there was rumors of physical abuse back when they were together and they split up. There was an incident with the airport. Uh, she did open up a little bit more about it. She did not say his name. She said she's never going to say his name again, but she reported there was regular physical abuse within a relationship. Uh, it's all allegations. I'm going to say for my personal, for myself, I believe it. <laughs> I'm if am I going to believe the am I going to believe the woman who claims abuse, or I'm going to believe the dude who's on trial for rape? <laughs> Uh, being in a, having a rape trial against you makes me less likely to believe you when you say you weren't physically abusing somebody when they claim that they were. As well as the fact that Alberto Del Rio also claimed she was the aggressor, she was the one abusing him. I'm calling BS on that. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, glad that uh, Ronnie Radke and uh, Paige are okay. Uh, like I said, I'm glad. Uh, hopefully she appears to be in a better relationship now. I don't know anything about Ronnie Radke, but I, I hopefully he's a good dude. Uh, he's taking physical care of her as well, so that's good. Uh, I don't know anything about him personally. I just uh, hopefully he's, you know, she's in a better place because uh, she's also had a rough time with uh, her mental health as far as uh, WWE trying to take her Twitch stream away. She talks about how that's helped her mental health and how that's helped her with stress relief and stuff like that as well, so uh that's a real thing. If people having that outlet to vent can be the helpful thing that helps them keep things together. So, but anyway, uh, glad that that turned out the, the, the worst possible outcome did not happen. The police did come and take care of it after he was able to, uh, hold on to him for that. So glad for that. In addition to that, uh, there's been other news for uh, in the WWE universe. WWE has uh, canceled the trademark for, regarding Brock Lesnar. Uh, I did not realize that WWE even had a Brock Lesnar trademark, considering Brock Lesnar is his real name. <laughs> so I guess they do trademark people for certain purposes, you know, while they're under contract. Obviously, uh, it's not like he can't take the Brock Lesnar name somewhere else. <laughs> but there are, I guess there are, you know, uh, trademarks that they do as far as uh, things for, for the celebrities they have under contract, even though they don't, quote, own the name Brock Lesnar. They do, do have merchandising deals and things like that. So, uh, apparently, uh <clears throat> They denied WWE's, uh, the USPTO denied its request March 12th because they needed more uh, information. They needed a written consent from Lesnar, and there were some words in the uh, filing that didn't quite <coughs> work out for them. WWE was giving uh, six months to get written consent from Lesnar. It was not provided. September 15th, which is my birthday. It was the filing was abandoned and confirmed in correspondence to the company October 10th. So I think SC scoops for this event as well. So right now, Brock Lesnar doesn't do anything. He's not expected to go back to uh, Mixed Martial Arts, UFC. Um, <coughs> there are some rumors of possibly going to uh, <coughs> AEW. However, uh, other people 
there's a certain segment of the fan base and certain people within the company that don't want him there. I think he could do good work there if he actually decided to work as opposed to just doing 100 suplexes <laughs> every match like he's done in a lot of his most recent uh, WWE runs. So if he does go there, I hope he does actually work. And like I said, young Brock Lesnar actually did have some talent and did actually have a moveset. So basically until he became the Hulk Hogan or he, same thing, same situation. Hulk Hogan got older when he was young. He could, he could work when he wanted to. He just decided he didn't really want to and didn't care and just didn't make him. So I guess if you're, if you're going to get paid to do almost nothing versus getting paid to do a lot of work, if you're getting paid the same amount, I can see why some people would take the I'm not going to do, do Jack. But anyway, uh, WWE has experienced uh, very, very strong profits despite the whole COVID situation having negative effects on a lot of companies. Uh, it had revenue at $221.6 million, which is an increase of 19% or $35 million for uh, third quarter of 2020. But yet they continue to lay people off. Uh, Tony Chimmel was let go. Uh, they apparently released 10 to 15 employees uh, today. Uh, all the names have not been released, however. Uh, one other notable name that was released uh, was uh, the director of venue merchandise and remote operations, Derek Kasselman. Obviously, there's no venue merchandise because there's no live shows with people in them. They're just doing the Thunderdome thing probably until December, so but both employees have been with the company for almost thirty years. And according to Vince McMahon, who was the WWE chairman and CEO, our third quarter financial performance was strong and reflected our ongoing creativity in the challenging environment. We continue to adapt our business as demonstrated by the creation of WWE Thunderdome, focus on increases, audience interaction and engagement to support the value of our content globally. So once the once the world sort of comes out of the COVID situation where people can actually get together and have big crowds and stuff again, uh, will WWE go back to having as many live shows? I'm guessing they probably won't since they're way more profitable not doing that stuff. I think they'll still have some shows, but the amount will be drastically cut back, I believe. And it'll probably be limited to probably just the weekends, you know? They'll probably be... Uh, obviously, they'll probably be the the live Raws and SmackDowns most likely. But other than that, maybe weekend house shows just sort of wrapped around the weekend. Obviously, NXT is on Wednesday, so that might be a little bit different. But uh, I'm guessing, you know, the days of being on the road, 250 to 300 days a year are going. I, I say. It will be. I, I doubt. I doubt if wrestlers will be on the road 150 days a year coming up in the near future. But you know, like I said, AEW has sort of already changed that business model for a lot of the talent anyway. So if WWE can sort of get along with it, if they're still going to pay these top salaries, less dates, I think there's less motivation for stars to leave. So the entire business model for wrestling could be changing. But anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break real fast. Coming back, I'm going to talk a little bit uh, more wrestling news. But you're listening to Wrestling With Problems, and I'll be back in just a bit. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check 
out in the room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And welcome back to Wrestling Problems. I am King David Lane. There's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, friend request, and I'll give you one in return, most likely, as well as King David Comedy, Comedy with a K. And I am joined by my co-host this week. He's usually the third man in the booth, but this week he's the second man in the booth. At Brock Biz on Twitter, that's at B-R-O-C-K-B-Z-A. Brian Hunter. Brian, how's it going? How's it going, King? How's it going, Wrestling Nation? Going good. I finally get my deck stained. So, like I said, you're supposed to, originally I was supposed to do it every three years because that was how often the uh, stain says you should do it. Obviously, I slacked off the last couple of years, so I'm like probably three or four years overdue. But the good news is I used a 10-year stain this time. So by the time it's due to stain the deck again, my mortgage will be paid off and I probably will be able to afford to pay somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> anyway. Good news. Let's Good get into man. some Wrestle Kingdom news. Have you have you heard the announcements for our Wrestle Kingdom matches that have been called already? 
I haven't gotten a chance to get around to Wrestle Kingdom yet. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, these are the matches that have been announced so far. Uh, give me your thoughts once I announce all three matches. Uh, there's obviously two nights. Wrestle Kingdom night one has had two matches announced. You got uh, uh, Tetsuya Naito, the champion, IW, IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championship match versus Kota Ibushi. Then we got Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. And then for night two, we got Jay White versus the winner of Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito, uh, IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championship match. So Jay White's going to shot at both titles. <laughs> On night two, so uh, are you excited about this already yet? Uh, actually, I am because um, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a um, big fan of um, the, the Switchblade JY. Um, I've, I've been I've been a big fan of um, the um, current leader of um, Lij, and. It was very, very um, interesting um, year um, in New Japan um, pro wrestling when you see the faction have a turmoil and Naito had the title and um, lost the title to um, one, uh, one of his um, longtime stablemates, Evil. So, yeah, all of that got to be very, very interesting and I've been a big fan of the Rainmaker. I've um, I've been saying this for years. He has one of the best clotheslines in the industry, and probably he he's up there as probably one of the best clotheslines um, in wrestling history. I'm not gonna say he's number one, but I would at least give him minimum top ten. Nope, you can't argue with that. Definitely in the top ten. Like I said, we've we've had the debate on the show about clotheslines and lariats. We might we might have to actually bring that back again is, is one day since it's been it's been a couple of years since we talked about it. But yeah, we talked about best clothesline and close lariats and what's the difference between a lariat and a clothesline. If there is there a difference, <coughs> I think it's been long enough. We'll have that discussion again sometime in the near future. Okay. Anyway. Uh, uh, but so just it's already shaping up to be a nice night of wrestling. Like I said, if you just told me that the card was just going to be those three matches, that would be a death enough to sell me on it right there already. That doesn't even include yeah, any is. tag. Te- that doesn't include any tag team or six man tags or anything. There's no real stable wars or anything. So I definitely, I definitely will be checking this out. Like I said, I, it's been a while since I've been watching New Japan wrestling. It's not that I don't like it. It's just now that it's not you know. On American television, traditionally, it's a little bit, you know, harder to seek it out. So, and with uh, all the wrestling that's on our traditional networks now, because we got like basically yeah. we got MLW on YouTube all the time. You got uh, which and actually uh, it it was on uh, dang, what network was it on? Oh, it was BN when I had when I had BN Sports. I'm not BN Sports anymore, but uh, it's going to be relaunching another couple weeks. Uh, it'll be on. Uh, uh, Fubi, uh, no, Fubo, uh, the, the, the sports sort of network, as well as it'll be on YouTube. Uh, starting on Wednesday nights, coming very, very soon. So I guess that'll be the, I think it's the 18th it starts back. Uh, so you got MLW, you got 
NXT, you got NXT UK, you got AEW, you got uh, WWE, both Raw and SmackDown, you got, uh, uh, not to mention, you got Ring of Honor, which is finally started back, and it's actually an original program again, so... For me, it's, it's hard to remember what's on what night. Obviously, it's easy to remember stuff that shows up in the Hulu or the DVR, but I always, always got to remember to check the fight up for Ring of Honor. And I have to remember, the, uh, luckily, usually when you open up YouTube every day, usually when there's a new MLW, it, it'll, it'll pop up for you, just like AEW Dark pops up that way for me, too. But I, I, I do I do sort of miss the days when you could just get everything directly off your TV or off your DVR. It was much simpler that way. Yeah, um, I um, I can honestly say that um, it has been a trying time for wrestling and wrestling fans alike. But um, it's it's um it's a good thing when wrestling and wrestling fans could come back together and um, enjoy some um, good wrestling. Absolutely. Now, like I said, uh, like I said, the, we mentioned that Ring of Honor's uh, pure tournament was taking place, and like I said, Ring of Honor is back. So um, I'm gonna let you go ahead and uh, discuss the winner of the tournament and the new pure champion for Ring of Honor. Go ahead and make the an announcement: who's the champion, and uh, give your thoughts on the tournament. Okay. Um, well, you had um, okay uh, a a nice grueling. Um, tournament over um I wanna say eight weeks and you had um Jonathan Gresham who um emerged as the winner and he's um finally um a, a double champion and what I found kinda interesting though, about the tournament that um um okay that he okay that um he's also a tag champion in Ring of Honor. Now he's the um Pure um, champion as well, just like his um, his tag team partner who was a, a former peer champion. Now the peer championship um, isn't like most other titles in wrestling. You have a different set of rules. You have um, only one fist to the face. Um, anything after that, you disqualify. Um, you um, you only get three rope breaks. Anything after um, the third rope break, you could get tapped out or submitted um, in the ropes, which has happened in a tournament before. And um, for you fans who never seen a pure um, um, title match, you need to watch um, the Ring of Honor archives to check that out. And Jonathan Gresham is probably one of the um, better wrestlers that you're, you're going to see if you're um, – Interested in pure wrestling, he um, he's um, up there with, um, in in my um, opinion, Jack. I mean Zack Saber Jr. So if you're a fan of um, Zack Saber Jr., you're a fan of um, actually um, Matt wrestling and submission style wrestling, you would enjoy um, this pure championship reign of Jonathan Gresham. Absolutely. Like I said, a very, very talented guy. It's good to see him finally get some goal around his waist. And now him and his, uh, I guess his, I guess they're tag team partners. I don't, I don't think they're technically stable since it's only two guys. They are tag team partners. Him and Jay Lethal both 
currently have yeah. gold. Last time I checked, Jay Luther didn't lose the title right day. <laughs> I don't think he did. And I do remember do remember seeing Jay coming out with gold, putting gold around his waist. So, so, uh, so they bo- they do both have gold, <laughs> and that will couldn't, and that will hopefully continue for a while. Now, uh, have you heard the news about uh, AEW's video game announcement? Uh, I um I heard um some I have heard some talk about it, but I haven't um gotten to um the, the full details of that. We can enlighten um the, the public, my good man. Okay, and this is a report by Steve Russell on scscoops.com, so thanks for the info. AEW president Tony Khan has addressed plans for AEW's highly anticipated video game, seemingly confirmed a general manager game is coming, but apparently they have a couple uh, different uh, games in the works. Uh, he said that he can't say too much about what we had lined up, but he did say we're making multiple games, working on more than one game in AEW games, and we're going to cater to multiple platforms. We're going to cater to different kinds of games and different interests. I think we'll put a title out a console game that's best in class for a console game, and we're really excited about it. He's also shared how future AEW shows could impact our video game plans. Note how the promotion intends to release something for fans that love putting wrestling cards up together and love to be in the position in which I am the general in which I am general manager of AEW. So uh, I guess it's going to be more like a sort of franchise sort of mode for one of the games, but it looks like there's going to be more than one game. So uh, they did file for trademarks. One was All Elite Wrestling. Uh, and then you got Colin, general manager, and Elite GM. So that means most likely one of those will be that game that he sort of discussed a little bit. And uh, they will have the official announcement probably tomorrow because it looks like this AEW games quote special events takes place Tuesday, November 10th. So 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern. You can tune in on the AEW Games YouTube channel, and you can also get updates on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So uh, definitely look at, looking excitedly to those things. And, and again, like I mentioned last week, I hope it's on EA Sports. That way I don't have to pay extra for it because <laughs> I have the EA, EA subscription. That means eventually I get all their games free. Well, not free. I do pay yearly for a subscription, but basically for the price of one game a year, I get access to all their games. I just don't get them when they're new. They're usually a few months old by the time I get them. So for me, that's worth it. Basically, I play, I pay the price of one video game a year to get a huge like library of games, although for the most part, all I play is Madden and, and NBA Live, so I don't have time to do other stuff. Usually, it, it takes me most of the year with my busy schedule to get through Madden and beat it on all, uh, beat the, uh, win the Super Bowl and the franchise mode on all Madden. Cause I usually start out the first season playing on pro or all pro. And then the second season I moved to Madden and then it usually kicks my asses for a couple months. And then eventually I get good enough where I can beat it. <laughs> but that's what doing stand up and improv and all the other crap I do in rugby too on top of it. So at any rate, uh, that reminds me, do you have any do you have a wrestling console yet? I mean a video game console? Or are you planning on getting one or are you just waiting until the new ones come out or what's going on on that front? Uh I'm I'm gonna um wait it out till something new comes out. Yeah, I, I hadn't had a console for like I think probably fifteen years until I got my Xbox One. 
So I basically the last console I had before that was the PlayStation One, <laughs> and I had that from I guess my probably my last year in college since I moved to Florida, and I sold it right before I moved because I needed money. And eventually I moved and didn't replace it. <laughs> for a while I did play video games on my computer. You know I played Madden and something on my computer for a couple of years, but eventually I got to the point where I, was, I really didn't have time to do it. So I was working so much I didn't have time to play video games. So I wasn't going to buy one. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough of King David's history and working and stuff. So let's get back into some more of this uh, other wrestling news before we get out of here. Uh, before I move on and select another news article, is there anything else you want to discuss in the world of wrestling, or you just want to keep going with some of the news? Uh, well, um, I okay. Um, this isn't necessarily. Um, Wrestling news, though, but um, we kind of touched on this um, before. Um, now, I could, okay, I can recall um, listening to MLW, and one of okay, and um, two of the things that um, I actually liked was um, the um, theme music for um, Team Filthy, and. When I actually listened to that and listened to it on YouTube, I'm like, you know what? This is probably a badass theme song. And it's like, wait a minute. I remember the voice. And it was like, wait a minute. Um, former frontman from Black Flag, um, Henry Rollins. I'm like, nice. It's, it's actually a um, good, good theme song. Um, I got to say the last theme song from um for I guess wrestling that I heard that was actually pretty good was probably um the fighting squad from um New Japan. The fighting squad? Fighting squad. Okay. I, I have to look at that because I don't know I don't know that off the top of my head, but I would need to look into that though. Yeah yeah look yeah look at uh, that that's that's um that's a badass um theme song um theme music. I guarantee you you hear that? That's uh, some music you need to um, drive, like drive away from work to and, and everything. It, it's like some really cool music. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to look in at then. So I will uh, hold that. I'll like put a, the, it's the fighting squad and it's New Japan. So I'll like, go ahead and uh, pencil that into my Google machine. <laughs> anyway. Uh, before we get out of here for this week's show, I did want to give you also a chance to discuss. Did you have a chance to watch Full Gear yet? I have. Okay, what are your thoughts on Full Gear? Uh, to sum it up, um, in a grade point average, I will have to give it a B plus. Up, oh, same gear I gave it. So, were you listening to the show early when I graded it, or did you come up with that on your completely on your own? Um, I, um, I was actually um, on when you um, had graded it. Um, I, um, I have to say the the only reason I probably could not give it uh, a um, was probably um, how the um, championship match um, ended. For for me, I just thought like you know, it reminded me too much of the McIntyre Orton feud, and it was like. Okay, what are we, what are we really doing here? You, you, you know, they, they, they did it to conclude the feud and everything. I get it, but it was like, Moxley don't put on bad matches. Uh, Ed Kingston to me, he, okay, 
he deserve he got way more than he um really deserved and everything. He he's at best a solid wrestler. Let um okay, let's be frank here. He's not a horrible uh, wrestler. But to get these many opportunities at the world title, are you telling me that's the best you could do with like um I could have thought of probably four other guys that would have made way more sense than Eddie Kingsley. But he started on the mic, so, okay, until you find someone, I guess, quote-unquote, plausible and everything, okay, fine, you go ahead and, and throw him in. But how many times do he really get needs to get a world title shot? You can tell me with all that talent there that Kingsley is the best you could do, AEW dropping the ball on that. I don't know if, like you said, I, I, I kind of agree with you to a certain degree. I don't think as far as you look at some of the talent there that he necessarily should be first in line for a title shot. But I think with him wanting to showcase a different side of John Muxley, more his hardcore roots, and, you know, this is basically Eddie Kingston's first time in a world, world title shot in the main company in a while anyway. So this will probably be the end of that particular run for him. And he, like you mentioned, he is good on the mic. I think long term, this place will be the sort of mouthpiece for Butcher Blade, uh, uh, you know, Pentagon, uh, 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 as well as uh, Ray Phoenix. I don't think long term his solo run is really going to be what his long term thing is. But I, I, on the one hand, I kind of like when you when you give somebody an opportunity that's never really had it before, particularly. The guy that's supposed to grind on any indie scene for a long time, because I don't think anybody thought he was going to win the title. But sometimes it's like it's like like they say it's an honor just to be nominated, and I think that was for him, for him and guys in his position. I think this is a huge step for some guys that you know have done on an independent scene for 15, 20 years that sort of did the grind. And like I said, I think this will help this help build the credibility of his stable long term. So I think that's it was a little bit more about that than it was, you know, him being quote the best choice. Because you know, obviously I think if you were like looking long term, you'd probably like you'd probably put like Brian Cage. Obviously Cody doesn't get a shot, so he's not really there. Obviously the next guy up is is uh, Kenny Omega, and I think a lot of people thought for a while Kenny Omega sh- should have been given a quote another shot sooner, even though he did get. A shot early on with the company, even though he didn't win it. But in AEW, part of their selling point is, you know, wins and losses matter. So since he did lose that first shot, he sort of had to go back to the, um, not the back of the line, but he had to sort of go down the rankings and work his way back up and get something else for a while. So. But I am excited coming up that they're, they're going to have Kenny Omega back in the title picture. So Kenny Omega versus uh, John Moxley, that'll be a good match. This is one of those uh, feuds where you kind of do kind of hope they do get a couple of different pay-per-view matches between them because a lot of times companies like to run those pay-per-view matches into a ground two or three times in a row. You know, usually three is sort of the minimum it takes place, but in this particular case, I won't mind seeing them fight two or three times for the title. So. But at any rate, uh, before we get out of here, I do have one more thing I'm going to discuss as far as wrestling news, and I'm going to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you were aware that WWE was trying to uh, get people to get rid of their Twitch accounts and their Cameo accounts and a lot of this other stuff they were doing that, quote, they were sort of branding themselves separate from the company. WWE yeah. said we're taking control of that stuff. Uh, apparently, Mick Foley is with WWE. He's, I guess he's probably under a Legends deal right now. 
And I thought this was just for like the current talent, but apparently they were trying to get, get him to get rid of his cameo account. Uh, but apparently, uh, nope, they were they, they ended up letting him keep it. And this is what he said: it's a sticky point. Uh, they're kind of letting me be. They're kind of letting me be for now. I just did the bump WWE. I'm doing a watch along on Sunday night, so we're all getting along. I think somewhere they don't want to rock the boat. I love doing them. Uh, man, he opened up fully, opened up about the loneliest issues during the pandemic. He revealed since his wife has a pre-existing condition, they have been very cautious. And then this is a quote for him. People all alone, so I found I was given this opportunity because my wife has a pre-existing condition. So anytime I go anywhere, when I come back, I've got to isolate for two weeks. We have not been without masks around each other since this whole thing started, so it's been difficult. And when you're sitting alone in a hotel room or your house, I've got no contact with the outside world. I stopped by my mom's a couple of days a week ago, and then when I had a chance to do these videos, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not just going to be, hey, shout out from the hardcore legend. If anyone's seen my cameos, I go all out. Uh, then he, you know, talked a little bit more. I did lose, I did do, and he's dude is capitalized, which means do love, looting his composure in the log flume, which I really enjoyed. Just as I did rap battle between dude love and a man in a mankind mask. I'm not mankind. I'm a man in a mankind mask. But I just had a lot of fun doing it. I feel like I'm performing as opposed to phoning it in. Technically, I am phoning it in, but you know what I'm saying. I go all out. So uh, that would be interesting. Like I said, it, I kind of understand where WWE would kind of want to do that with some of the current talent and have a little bit more control. But people at the Legends deals and stuff like that doesn't really make sense because it's not like WWE is nearly invested because Mick Foley's not doing any, quote, in-character stuff that I'm aware of. He's doing some, you know, background stuff and some commentary, but he's not a character on the show. Like, he's not a wrestler. He's not a manager. He's not a GM. So it it, it wouldn't really make sense for them to really push this that hard for him. So but what, what is your take on it? Okay. It makes no sense. Vince is being an egomaniac, and it's like, okay, dude, um, First of all, okay, if you want to retain talent and you're not really trying to pay certain talent um, a certain uh, market value that which they deem their worth and everything, fine. Let them do Twitch or whatever media avenue they, they uh, deem necessary and everything. So you can easily say, well, I don't have to give you this because you got Twitch and you're making money over here. So thanks for saving me money. And remember, if you wasn't in my organization, you wouldn't be able to make this extra money off of Twitch because guess what? I'm why people follow you on Twitch. Not you on your own, not you at somewhere else, but you on my brain. I made you. This is just extra. Without this, fine. You um you go somewhere else, but I guarantee you this, I still made you. How many people went solo or call themselves doing their own thing? A lot. How many of them actually were successful after me? Not too many. Take it or leave it. That's how you do that. Exactly. At any rate, I think we've come to the conclusion of this week's wrestling with problems. So, Brian, you got any final words before we go? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, on NXT UK, you have the NXT Heritage Cup Tournament. 
And for um, wrestling things, um, my um, suggestion is check out NXT UK. Um, check out um, some of your um, British um, independent um, wrestling organizations. Um, so you may find something you um, like. Myself, I'm one of the type of people who like um, variety as far as wrestling because I was a fan of the wrestling in the 80s when you had uh, multiple promotions that did mean different things, including WWF, WCCW, UWF, and AWA as well. To me, that's when wrestling was excellent because you had no one that dominated, but yet and still, you had many things to choose from. And right about now, I think we may be in that direction. So hopefully, just um, if you have the opportunity, go on YouTube and check out um, some of these other independent wrestling organizations on um, YouTube or um, see if you could Google it. Yep, like I said, on YouTube, but also, like I said, WWE has released a bunch of, you know, recent indie stuff as well, so check it out there, too. Like I said, you have the subscription already, so there's all sorts of stuff you can do, and of course, you know, don't forget the wonderful Beyond Wrestling, because a lot of these AEW guys, uh, that's why I sort of got some of my first exposure, like, you know, or when when I heard about guys being signed to AEW, I was like, let me... I've heard this buzz about this Orange Cassidy guy. Let me see what he's about. Then I saw him on Beyond Wrestling. Like, okay, I see what you're doing, buddy. So you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of different talent organizations out there. So Beyond Wrestling's YouTube page is a good place to check out some of these talent. You know, sort of before they came famous, or just as they were sort of you know watching in the fame. So that's another good uh, reference point to check out. Another good organization to check out. So anyway, I'm the King. That's Brian. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. So thanks for joining us, and see you later. I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.